0: This episode was first posted January 23rd, 2012. This is Movies for the Blind, episode 198, Lonely Wives, Part 1 of 2.
1: You know I can hardly believe that you're married.
2: Well, I'm not very much.
0: Hello and welcome to Movies for the Blind, where you can enjoy films without looking at a screen. I'm Valerie Hunter. So we're two episodes away from number 200. On October 29, 2007, episode one was a comedy short from 1929 called Ask Dad, about a straight-laced man whose son makes romantic overtures to his secretary. The dad in question was Edward Everett Horton. The legendary character actor who'd appeared in dozens of movies, but may be best known to my generation as the voice of the narrator of Fractured Fairy Tales on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Now we bring Horton back for a full-length film, and this time Dad gets to make the romantic overtures, and lots of them, times two. From 1931, this is Lonely Wives. <laughs> Faye presents Lonely Wives, produced by E.B. Dare. Directed by Russell Mack. From the stage success by A.H. Woods. Story and dialogue by Walter DeLeon. Musical director, Francis Groman. Film editor, Joseph Kane. Sound engineers, Charles O'Loughlin, T.A. Carmen. Players, Edward Everett Horton, Esther Ralston, Laura Leplant, Patsy Ruth Miller, Spencer Charters, Maude Eberne, Maurice Black. A phonograph record spins on a player. A typewriter types, My Darling Wife, You Don't Know how I have missed you since you have been away oh, my God. the days have been long and a young brunette woman types glancing at her dictation she pauses then continues typing from the side of a large desk pausing again she stands and walks across a large study to the
2: phonograph player
0: as she stops it
1: oh Miss you mustn't turn that off
2: it's getting on my nerve I'm
1: sorry but well, it's Mrs. Mantle's order.
2: Mrs. Mantle, who's she?
1: She's Mr. Smith's mother-in-law. She wasn't home for dinner tonight.
2: I didn't even know he was married till a few moments ago.
1: He's inclined to forget it himself at times. He's uh, very susceptible.
2: That's finding the susceptible? <laughs> Maybe my it isn't working today.
1: The day isn't over yet.
2: What do you mean?
1: As night draws on, at eight o'clock to be precise, he changes.
2: Changes how?
1: Well, during the day, Mr. Smith is a lawyer, a businessman. But at 8 o'clock, the little bird starts singing in his soul, and he begins to bloom.
2: Bloom?
1: Any pretty woman can twist him around a finger.
2: Any pretty woman?
1: She slinks away. But well, the prettier she is, the more twisted he gets.
0: They both reach the desk.
1: It's what they call prenatal influence.
0: Oh, that's a new alibi for an
2: old complaint. She says.
1: You notice the lady of the song is called Madeline. That's Mrs. Smith's name also.
2: Oh. And uh, mother-in-law's idea is to keep Hubbard's mind on his absent wife.
0: <laughs> exactly. Andrews? Yes, sir? He goes to a door, then turns back.
1: His mind is very active
0: tonight. Andrews leaves, standing and smiling. Miss Minter picks up a phone. Audubon 2456. Yes, please. A blonde pastes clippings in a scrapbook. She answers her phone.
2: Hello? With
0: a clipping stuck to one hand.
2: Hello, Mitty. Say, listen, Diane, your husband didn't forget himself and stay home tonight, did he? No, he's out again. Well, listen, this is very important. You put on your prettiest dress and come over here. I found the very lawyer to get your divorce for you. And uh, from all I hear, it won't cost you any more than a smile or two. That sounds great, Mitty. Who is he? She tries to hold the clipping down with her chin. I say, who is he and where can I find him? He's the lawyer I started working for today. Mr. Richard Smith. You know the address. And, um, Diane, get here by 8 o'clock. Yes, 8 o'clock. Will you come? Sure, I'll be there. She hangs up with the clipping
0: stuck to her chin. With effort, she pulls it off. Then pastes it in the scrapbook. The headline reads, Actress Marries Vaudeville Impersonator, above photos of her and a dark-haired man. In the study, Andrews returns.
2: Oh, Miss Miller,
1: Mr. Smith wants you to bring a notebook and pencil.
0: More dictation? She gets her notebook and pencil.
1: Remarkable, how active his mind is tonight. It's nearly 8 o'clock. You had better hurry.
2: Hurry nothing. I want to see how a man acts when he, uh, blooms.
0: With a hand on her hip, she steps into the next room. Andrews turns toward the foyer, where an older, stocky woman is entered with
2: packages. Good evening, Andrews. I hope you haven't kept Fred dinner waiting for me.
1: No, ma'am.
2: Is Mr. Smith finished yet? He's
1: having have any dessert in his room?
2: Dessert in his room, eh? Mm. Well, thank heaven I got home before 8 o'clock. Yes, ma'am. Just a minute, Andrews. I'll take that. She keeps one package. It's a new polygraph record. But we must not let him grow tired of the other one.
1: No, ma'am. A man can be reminded too much of anything. Even a wife.
0: Andrews steps away with the other packages and the woman goes into the study, undoing her coat. She turns to find Miss Minter returning. Is in his room, eh?
2: Pardon me, were you looking for someone? Well, certainly not for you. I had no idea that Mr. Smith was entertaining lady friends. Well, I'd hardly say I'd gotten that far. Smirking, and with her hand on her hip, she
0: slinks back to the desk with the woman watching.
2: I'm only here on trial. Trial? Yes. He promised that if I made good today, he'd keep me.
0: The woman follows her to the desk. Keep you?
2: Miss Mincher types. Oh. Oh, I see. You're the new secretary. Well, of course. What did you think? Well, if you knew my son-in-law as I know him, you wouldn't blame me for having misjudged judge, Joe. You don't mean he's a passion flower? Well, he's no geranium. And if you're wise, right, you won't stay here another minute. I don't mind; I get paid double for it. Nothing could pay you for what might happen. You're not at all the sort of a young woman that should be around here after eight o'clock. She walks off. You'd
0: be surprised. A dark-haired man with glasses, mustache, and goatee enters. Where
1: in the name of Saint oh.
0: He hurries back in.
1: Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. For the hopper on my filing cabinet's all broken. All my important papers all over the floor. Yeah, I'm up at once. Yes, at sir. once.
0: Yes. Sir. As Andrews rushes to the room, the man takes off his pince-nez glasses and goes to the desk. Miss
1: Minter, you have those papers ready for my signature? Not
0: yet, Mr. Smith. You see your mother-in-law. Oh,
1: hang my mother-in-law.
0: She peeks around a corner. Yes, sir. Minter gestures that way, and Smith turns. Oh, hello, mother. She steps to the desk. Oh,
1: mother, pardon my English. I thought you were in Newark.
2: Besides, i was sorry to disappoint you. But, Richard, if you're not too busy, I would like just a word with you.
1: One word? Well, that's unusual, Mother. What is it?
2: I want to see you alone. Well,
1: that's impossible at the present moment, Mother. Impossible.
2: But, Richard, I have something very important to tell you.
1: Miss Minter, Miss Minter, please, what did you do with those papers in the Randall murder case?
2: Richard, I have a surprise for you.
1: Oh, you're going home. Oh, spl- uh, Oh, I'm... Uh, Mother, please, can't you see that I'm busy with Miss Minter? Yes. Miss Minter, busy, please. Busy,
2: busy, busy. Hmm. Busy. <laughs>
1: Mother, your suspicions hurt me. Now, what possible objection can you have to Miss Minta?
2: Well, I don't like her her, her wiggle. Her what? Her wiggle,
0: her walk.
1: Oh, I haven't noticed it. Hmm. Miss Minta, wiggle. Uh, That is, walk, please.
0: Standing with hands on hips, she complies, (laughs) making Mother turn away. Oh, that
1: will do. Never do that again during business hours, never. She sits. Now, come, Mother, come. Run along, run along like a good little girl, and I promise you the only thing that she'll wiggle is her corona.
2: Mother looks at him. But, Richard, now we must have our talk. You'll send for me when she leaves?
1: I will, Mother, I will, if you'll promise not to come until I send for
2: you. All right, Richard, dear. Remember, I trust you. She leaves.
1: Since when?
0: Richard returns to the desk and sits.
1: Now, Miss Winter, where were we? He puts the glasses on. I, uh... Oh, yes. He
0: picks up the newspaper and unfolds it.
1: Oh, yes. hmm Remarkable speech of Richard Smith in the Randall murder case. Hmm. The eminent lawyer. Hmm. <clears throat> oh, my word. Why, that's a picture of me.
0: A big one of them scowling.
1: Why, You couldn't tell me from the murderer. You know, I could sue a firm like this. Sue them for libel. Come, 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 come. Uh, to work. Dictation. Take a letter. You ready? Shoot. I... Dignity, please, Miss Minter, during office hours. I'll try it again. Are you ready? Yes, Mr. Smith. That's better. Mr. George Speldin, Elizabethtown, New York, dear sir. Got that? Just a minute. Miss Minter, what is the matter?
2: Mr. Smith.
1: Mr. George Speldin was the name, Elizabethtown, New York, dear sir. She writes. I am in receipt of your proposition, offering me $1,000 to assist you in the defense of your client accused of, uh, of, uh, dear me, what was that accusation? Um, Murder. Don't tell me. Your suggestion that two weeks in the country would be almost a vacation. Period. We'll make the fee two thousand dollars and cut the vacation. <laughs> Gleaming lakes and rose gardens do not appeal to me, as I am a businessman. Strictly business.
0: Strictly business. Richard looks up. He starts to smile and takes off his glasses as a clock strikes eight.
1: lakes and rose gardens uh, uh, that's a pretty thought
0: Miss Minter grins at him as he picks up a flower pretty flower which he sniffs noticing Miss Minter he puts the flower in his lapel
1: that letter can wait Miss Minter take a note uh, Miss Lucille Darling of Vanderbilt Hotel, New York City have you got that?
2: just a minute
1: take your time Miss Minter take your time My dear Miss Darling, I called at your apartment last Tuesday night four times between the hours of 8 and 12. When you make an appointment with me, you should not fool me. Will you please return my blue silk pajamas?
2: Mr. Smith!
1: Which I loaned you for the art student's ball. Very disrespectfully, Richard... But you know my name, Miss Mitter. I don't have to tell you. We'll call it a day, shall we? They stand. It's been a very hard day, too. I wonder, uh, do you feel like a cordial?
2: Very cordial.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, you little wisecracker. (laughs) You may wiggle for me if you like.
2: She
0: does as she steps out from the desk with Richard following. She stops at a sofa.
1: Yes, that'll do. And sits. Mother was right. A very
0: dangerous woman. She crosses her legs. Doubly dangerous. Andrews. He's drinking in the dining room. Richard steps in the doorway. Oh, Andrews. Setting down the glass, he tucks away a large flask.
1: Andrews, bring a cordial, would you please? Sorry, sir, but there's not a drink in the house. Mrs. Mantle's ordered, sir. Oh, how stupid. But you weren't thirsty anyway, were you? No. But she didn't say anything about nothing being on the hip.
0: He shows the flask.
1: Good old Andrews. Richard takes it. Your Andrews is a perfect container. I mean retainer. (laughs) Bring some glasses, will you, Andrews? Yes, sir.
2: Well, you said you'd give me a day's trial. How do you like my work?
1: A little, uh, a little rough, uh, but sincere. You consider yourself engaged.
2: Thank you. Andrews brings shot
0: glasses on a tray. Thank you, Andrews.
1: Thank you. Richard pours. You're quite sure that this is fit for a lady? That'll fit anybody, sir. Say no more. Will uh, you want me any more this evening, sir?
0: He glances at Miss Minter. Not this evening. And gives back the flask.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you.
0: As Andrews leaves, Richard takes the drinks to the sofa. Loose moments. The drink.
1: You know, Miss Minter, all great men must have their moments of relaxation.
2: And the greater the man, the greater the moment.
1: Are you suggesting Anything.
0: Anything. Richard paces away from the sofa, then returns.
1: Do you like dancing?
0: I
2: love dancing.
1: Is that so?
0: He hurries to the phonograph player. Loose moments. When he beckons her, she slinks over as he starts the record. They start to dance. My mother, my mother. but he stops, then turns back to the player and takes up the needle. He turns the record over and tries again. ...then returns to dancing with Miss Minter. He leads her across the floor, then turns. They dance toward the foyer and jauntily step backward, then around. In her room, Mother hears the music. In the study, Richard and Minter dance up a few steps leading to three doors, then dance around and step back down, across the room again, then turn at the sofa... Where Mincher falls back. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> what have you got on tonight?
2: Nothing I can't get out of. Why?
0: <laughs> Pacing away, he steps back to her. You know, you and I and Jesse James
1: were just made for each other. Oh,
2: really? Yes.
1: She stands. I wonder, I wonder, will you meet me tonight at 10?
2: 10? Where? The
1: lounge in the Hotel Aster. We'll have a little supper, we'll have a little dance, and... Oh, you have a pretty mouth.
2: Oh, I like your
1: mustache. Really? Well, shall we introduce them?
0: He takes her into his arms as Mother peeks around a corner. Minter pokes his arm to point this out. Mother slowly enters.
1: Oh, Mother. I see you have on your rubber heels again. Uh, Miss, uh, Miss Minter just, uh, just met with a serious. She
0: uses a handkerchief to dab at her eye.
1: Painful, but they must be endured. There. <laughs> you feeling better? Yes. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Miss Minter's just leaving.
2: Yes, thank you. Will you need me tomorrow, Mr. Smith?
1: At ten. Ten at the Astor.
0: What's that, Richie? <laughs> Miss Minter slinks away.
1: Oh, I said ten o'clock.
0: You said
2: Astor.
1: Did I? Yes, I asked her to come at ten.
2: Well, I wish you, uh, good night.
1: Oh, a very, very, very good night.
0: He moves to blow a kiss, but when Mother turns, he bites a hangnail. Grinning, Miss Minter leaves.
2: Richard, I want to talk to you about something of great importance.
0: He looks at a note. This
2: is an outrage, the
1: idea of leaving important letters like this laying around on my desk. Andrews!
2: Now what has happened? Oh,
1: I told you. I, You know I told Of course I... I and now look, now, now it's happened. Where are you going? I'm going downtown. My business. Andrews, my hat, my stick, yes.
2: You are not going out of this house tonight. I have to, Mother. You don't
1: understand. This is a matter of life or death. Andrews, if anybody telephones to me, you tell them that i have gone. Yes. He won't.
0: You haven't gone. She steps away with his hat. Richard follows with his stick. She almost sits on the hat on the sofa, but he picks it up. Mother, would you
1: stoop to do a thing like that?
2: I'd do anything to keep you from going out. You don't seem to understand. This is for Mrs. Roach, Mrs. Cochrane Roach. I don't care what kind of a roach she is. But I'm
1: handling all her private affairs. Well,
2: you can do it in the daytime, not at night.
1: Uh, her husband is threatened
2: to shoot her, and if he does that, I'll probably lose my fee. And if you go, you'll probably lose your life. Let me see that note.
1: I, never. This is private.
2: You mean it's an alibi.
0: Andrews, take Mr. Smith's hat and stick. He does, but gives Richard a wink.
2: Now, Richard Smith, sit down.
0: And you listen to me. They sit, though he rests his hand on his fist. You
2: know I'm fond of you.
1: Well, anybody can see that, Mother.
2: And you promised Madam, as long as she was away, that you'd conduct your business here and never go out at night.
1: A lawyer's <laughs> life, mother.
2: You're the first one to regret it if you broke your promise to her.
1: And a doctor's
2: life. And you did it because you know how weak you are after 8 o'clock.
1: The public demands that a... You wanted
2: her to have a happy, contented holiday. I certainly did. Well, that's the reason you're not going out tonight.
1: Oh, I'm not going out.
2: Not as long as I'm here to prevent it. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure.
1: Well, in that case, Mother, you win, with a couple of pounds to spare.
0: He
2: stands. Richard. She holds his
0: jacket, and he sits again. I dare say you'll think I'm a very foolish old
1: woman. Oh, no, Mother, no, no, no. Not old. A little foolish, perhaps, but certainly not old. Thank you. (laughs) I bought you a little peasant today. You bought something? Uh-huh. For me? She steps away. Well, the idea. <laughs> well, what was it? Yes. Well, is it animal, vegetable,
2: or mineral? She returns with a new record. Little reminder. It'll make a wonderful companion piece to old Madeline. Hmm? He reads the label. Baby feet. Uh-huh. Baby's footsteps on the stairs. Baby's footsteps on the stairs. I hear them now. Those little feet. Pitter-patter, pitter-patter, on the (laughs) stairs.
1: Oh, Ma.
0: He smiles. (laughs) Yes, Richard, that's my
2: secret ambition, to hear the pitter-patter of little feet.
0: Oh, Ma. Oh,
2: Rich. She pats
0: him affectionately.
2: (sighs) Richard, you're now independently successful, and there's no further need of economy.
0: Now, Mother, don't flatter He steps away.
2: Oh, Richard, I must hear the
1: pitter-patter of little feet. All right, Mother. I'll make a note of it.
0: He does, at his desk.
1: And tonight, I don't care what happens to Mrs. Cochrane Roach. Andrews? Andrews?
0: And Richard coughs as Mother joins him. Oh, you see that, Mother? My voice is gone
1: again. I've been talking altogether too much.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. Is there something I can do? Andrews arrives.
1: No, no, just let me stay in here quietly and alone and rest all by myself. Andrews, my dressing gown. Yes, sir. Now well, there, Mother, doesn't that prove to you that I can be trusted?
2: I do trust you, yes. Richard. I do. Yes.
1: Oh, good night, Mother.
2: And I'm going to look in on you every now and then to remind you of it.
1: Yes. You look in, and I look out. Well, good night, <laughs> Good night.
2: Oh, and I have a surprise for you a little later on.
1: Oh, that's splendid. Good night, Mother.
2: <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know to tell you what it is.
1: Well, you see, if you tell me, it won't be a surprise.
2: <laughs> oh, you dear ridiculous boy. She pinches his cheek. Oh, I'm so glad you're in a good humor tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. <laughs>
0: She heads for the dining room as Andrews watches with his mouth open. Richard notices.
1: Wes, could you close your mouth long enough to tell me what you're waiting for?
0: He takes the dressing gown.
1: I didn't want to tell you in front of Mrs. Mantle, sir, but there's a young lady waiting to see you. A young lady? Yes, sir. (laughs) To see me? Yes, sir. What kind of a young lady? Well, sir, I should say a very pleasant young lady. Blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, five foot two, 106, and all around 34 with uh, That'll do. If I want to know anything more about the young lady, <coughs> I'll find it out for myself. What is all around 34? What do you want? Uh, business, sir. She was sent by a mutual friend. You know as well as I do that it's long after business hour. <coughs> and besides, my voice is gone again. I won't, won't see anybody.
2: Diane steps in. I know, Mr. Smith, but I couldn't come any other time. Can't you see me?
0: Richard turns to see her smiling at him.
1: Why, who said I couldn't see you? That will do, Andrews. Yes, sir, I I thought it would say.
0: As Andrews leaves, Diane approaches with hand extended. Richard takes it.
1: Pardon me, but haven't I seen you somewhere?
2: Well, that depends. I may not have been there.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, 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 I see that one. <laughs> but I know your face. I'm uh, sure that we must have met. Well, no, uh, no, no. Don't tell me. I'll get you in just a minute. Yes. <laughs> won't you? Uh, won't you sit down? Thank you. Yes.
0: She sits on the sofa.
1: Oh, I'll get you. Yes. Yeah. I know your face. No. Why, it's Miss O'Dea. Yes. Yeah. Diane O'Dea. My favorite screen actress. He said.
2: Really? How not?
1: Why, I feel that we should be very, very good friends. Mm-hmm. I've seen so much of you.
2: What? Oh,
1: I mean, I've seen you so often.
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm afraid you're making fun of me. Not
1: at all. Not at all. Diane O'Dare. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what can I do to you, uh, for you, Miss O'Dare? Andrews, the man, he said something about uh, a mutual friend.
2: Yes, your new secretary, Kitty Minter, advised me to come and see you.
1: Oh, you're a friend of Miss Minter's? Yes. Oh.
0: He takes her hand again.
2: And oh, Mr. Smith, I think you're a perfectly wonderful man. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, in your business. Oh. Everyone's talking about the wonderful speech you made in the Randall murder case.
1: Oh, they're talking about it, are yes. they?
2: Well, well.
1: <laughs> the one about
2: uh, Lonely Wife.
1: Yes, it was very good. <clears> that came right from the heart.
2: And that's why I came. Yes? Of course, uh, of course, you're a murder lawyer, aren't you?
1: Yes, I specialize in murders. You haven't murdered anybody, have you?
2: Well, no, not yet. <laughs> that is, I, Well, uh, of course,
1: I don't believe I could be very much assistance, you see, until after the crime was committed.
2: Oh, <laughs> I only thought on account of your uh, feeling for lonely wives. Yes? You might get me a divorce from my husband. A husband? Uh-huh. A husband? Yes. Yeah.
1: That's, uh, that's different. He stands. Well, as a matter of fact, Miss O'Dea, I thoroughly and strongly disapprove of divorce. My specialty is murders.
2: Oh, but this would
0: be such a little one. She kneels up on the sofa next to him. Just a nice, quiet, sweet little divorce.
1: You do not realize that modern civilization is founded on... uh,
0: She gazes up at him.
1: uh, The unity, the...
0: Distracted, he smiles.
1: Those eyes. I don't suppose you mean that.
2: Mean what, Mr. Smith?
1: Why, that, uh, that, uh, come and get me expression in them.
2: Why, well, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, what a pity. You know, I can hardly believe that you're married.
2: Well, I'm not very much. That's why I want the divorce.
1: Your husband is giving you trouble?
2: He's not giving me anything. He's an actor. He bends down.
1: A bad actor?
2: Mm, not exactly. He's really quite good on the
1: Oh, what an alibi to get out every night.
2: Well, I don't mind Felix going out. The trouble is that he doesn't come in.
1: You mean to say that he leaves you all alone all night? Every night?
2: Well, no, not every night. And I can't stand the uncertainty. I'd be so much happier if he'd always come home when he's through at the theater. Or if I could depend on his staying out.
0: He sits beside her again.
1: You poor little woman.
0: And takes her hand.
1: I'll see what I can do. No. Do you like dancing?
0: Oh, I love it.
1: You love it? Mm.
0: Getting up. He hurries to the phonograph as she stands and follows. He prepares to start the record.
2: But uh, wouldn't we be rather crowded dancing in here?
1: Well, uh, oh, that's not a bad idea. Why couldn't we adjourn to the whoopee club? No? You know, you and I and Jesse James were just made for each other.
2: Oh, I couldn't. My <laughs> husband's terribly jealous.
1: He is. <laughs> and yet he leaves you alone and lonely? Oh, well, that's just like a man. Do You know, Miss O'Dea, your friend, uh, Miss Mint and I, we have a little extra business that we're going to transact. And we go into conference at the Astor at 10 o'clock. Why couldn't we all get together and have a little supper?
2: But wouldn't you be embarrassed with two girls?
1: Two? And me feeling positively oriental? Oh. oh.
2: But I came to you for a divorce, not a party.
1: Andrews returns. Of course, Miss O'Day, you cannot consider yourself a party of the first part. What is it, Andrews? The front door bell, sir. We'll see who it is. You might be interested to know, sir, that Mrs. Mantle is coming down the back stairs. Oh. He walks off. She might not understand our business relations.
2: Oh, well, I'll go. But
1: uh, that way. A little more difficult, but much safer.
2: Oh. Hmm.
0: They go to some French doors.
1: And you won't forget ten at the Aster, and we'll discuss your divorce case.
2: You don't think I'll be doing wrong.
0: Oh,
1: time will tell. She leaves. Time will tell. Just take a seat, sir. I'll tell him.
0: Andrews leaves Diane's husband, who looks very much like Richard, without glasses or beard.
1: Gentlemen, to see you, sir.
0: Richard opens a card and reads.
1: The great zero, meaning nothing. He said your secretary made an appointment, sir. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, by all means. You Have him come right in. Yes, sir. Uh, he might be a good excuse for my getting out.
0: Andrews goes to Felix.
1: This way, sir.
0: Carrying a small case, Felix enters the study. Thank you. Andrews gestures to Richard.
1: Oh, hello, Mr. Smith. You understand, of course, that this is long after business hours. I can give you only five minutes. Thank you. Mr. Smith, you are a very famous lawyer. Oh, Well, possibly 10 minutes. Would you sit down? Thank you. They said. I am a vaudeville impersonator, sir. I impersonate all the great men, Julius Caesar, William Jennings Bryan. Oh, all the dead ones. Oh, I do the live ones too, sir. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Your jury speeches, sir, have made you famous. I'm opening my new act at the palace next week and I picked you as the man of the moment. May I impersonate you? You impersonate me? Well, how could you? He takes off his
0: glasses. Oh, as a
1: matter of fact. Yes, I think you do look a little bit like me. Oh, but I flatter you there, of course. But my dear sir...
0: He pats the beard.
1: Mr. Smith, I could get your face in two minutes. You can do in two minutes what has taken me all my life to do? Uh-huh. May I show you? You'll have to.
0: Felix opens the box and gets out a cloth.
1: May I, uh, would it make you nervous if I watched the operation? Two thousand people watch me every night. You have an inferiority complex, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Make a few gestures. I'd like to study your tricks of uh, expression, your mannerisms. Smile, please.
0: He simpers. Frown. He scowls.
1: Register grief. Grief? Well, how do you grieve?
0: Felix closes his eyes and frowns, shaking his head, so Richard shuts his eyes tight. Splendid. Then smiles.
1: (coughs) Resignation.
0: He glances with trepidation anger he scowls more haughtily
1: very good i feel like a perfect fool very good you make this rather snappy won't you i have some very heavy thinking to do before 10 o'clock he
0: puts his glasses on his felix applies facial hair
1: have you a mother-in-law no my wife is an orphan oh lucky boy and not that i want to say anything against my mother-in-law She's a very sweet old lady and very very fond of me only she works too hard at it oh tries to run you out of your own home i suppose no tries to keep me in it Tonight, for instance, I have a date at ten with a lady. <laughs> with two ladies. Two ladies? What for? Well, I don't know just what for. Of course, I have an idea, but I don't know. <laughs> One of them is married. Oh, her husband must be a
0: sap. Meanwhile, in a bathroom, Miss Minter takes a shower behind a curtain.
2: Oh, Minty! are you decent? No. Come in.
0: Diane enters as Minter looks out between
2: curtains. Hi, where have you been? Oh, say, did you go to see Smith? Hmm. I went, I saw, and I made a date to meet him tonight. Say, that guy must be blooming all over the place. He made a date with me for tonight, too. Yeah, I know all about it. That's why I agreed to go. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Which one of us were you trying to protect? <laughs> uh, maybe that was the only way I could get him to take my case. Oh, that's all right, darling. And I'll give you every break in the world. Oh, I know. Say, you better go over to your apartment and get dressed, hadn't you? Oh, I only hope I get there before Felix does. Oh, why worry about Zero? You're going to get a divorce from him, aren't you? Yeah, but I don't want him to divorce me. Oh, bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. Diane leaves while Minty scrubs herself with a brush. (laughs) In Richard's study...
1: Pardon me, have you an extra pair of glasses? I should have somewhere. No, come to think of it, I broke mine. Here, take these. Thanks.
0: With Richard's glasses, facial hair, and combed back hair, Felix looks exactly like him. Well? He closes his case. How about it? He stands.
1: Well, I'll. Why I?
0: Richard stands.
1: Well, I'll be a son of a gun. Richard Smith and Richard Smith. Uh Uh-huh. Why, we could be the Smith brothers. Oh, boy, you could fool anybody. Why, of course I could. I bet I could fool your own mother. Yes, sir. (laughs) Fool my mother. My boy, Heaven, has sent you to me. You want my permission to give this impersonation of me in public? That's the reason I'm here. Well, you stay here tonight in my place, and if you can fool my mother-in-law and the servants until I get back, I'll give you that permission. It's a bet. You're on, and I'm off. <coughs> you seem to have a frog in your throat. At least a dozen. Fine, I could use that. Good, I'll get to you.
0: Richard hurries to one of the three doors, the one on the right.
1: This is my room.
0: He goes to the left one.
1: And this is my wife's room, your wife. She isn't here, is she? Well, do you think I'd go away and leave you here if she were?
0: He steps to a center door.
1: She's in the mountains. Then opens it. Now, this is a dressing room and bath connecting the two rooms. Oh, they
0: connect. He closes the door.
1: Sure, we speak. Where does Mother sleep? Mother? She never sleeps.
0: As Andrews has more cordial, he looks at the flask and raises his glass again glances behind him. In the study.
1: Now, my mother-in-law may say something about having a surprise for you. Well, that's all right. I'll tell you to wait until morning.
0: Felix gestures to Richard to hide behind a curtain, and he does as Andrews arrives.
1: Beg pardon, did you ring, sir? (coughs) No, no, uh, 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 Sonny, I I did not. (coughs) Then it must have been Mrs. Mantle. Has the uh, gentleman gone, sir? Who? The gentleman. Oh, yes, yes. <clears throat> yes, he's gone yet. Nice. And uh, will you bring me a drink, please? Yes, sir. And uh, tell my mother-in-law that my cold seems to be so much worse that I'll probably be getting to bed early. Yes, sir. Yes.
0: Andrews leaves. Felix gives a wave. And Richard comes out from hiding.
1: Marvelous. Boy, you're a wonder. Say, if you can fool my mother-in-law, I'll pay you $500 and I'll make you an offer to retain you regularly. Huh? Oh, wait a minute.
0: Richard takes the flower from his lapel and puts it in Felix's.
1: Every little bit helps. Oh, thanks. You don't miss a trick. You must have been out before. Now you're all set? Well, not quite. I think you better turn down some of the lights.
0: Richard steps away.
1: I don't want to take any chances with mother-in-law.
0: He turns off one set of lights.
1: There you are. Now, the house is yours. If you want me, you'll find me at the Hotel Astor. Bye-bye. Hey, hey, wait. What do you call your mother-in-law? Oh, uh, uh, everything. You'll be perfectly safe if you stick to mother. Well, I hear loose moments calling. (laughs) ta ta.
0: Grabbing his hat and stick, Richard crosses the foyer to the front door, which he opens. He waves and smiles back, then leaves. In the study... Felix takes off his suit jacket, revealing a vest a little like Richard wears, though their neckties are different. Setting the jacket on a chair, he picks up a book and takes it to the sofa, where he slips on the dressing gown. He pats his glued-on facial hair, picks up the book, and steps around the sofa. He sits and settles back. On the foyer upstairs landing, Richard! Richard! Felix looks back. His mother beckons someone. As Felix stays on the sofa, Mother enters. Oh, Richard! Oh, here you are. You know, I've had such a start. I thought I heard the front door slam. Uh, yes, <laughs> my, my caller
1: just left. Aww. He stands. Well, now we can continue our little session. I'm sorry, Mother Law. You'll have to excuse me. I'm very busy. Where are you going? Well, I'm <laughs> going to bed. <laughs> But you mustn't. I mustn't go to bed?
2: Not before you get your little surprise.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Mother. No, you have to keep it until the morning.
2: Oh, Richard, you're so stupid. Madeline, your wife is home again. <laughs>
0: Felix gapes as Mother steps away. My wife. He looks about desperately, then jumps and runs to Richard's door. He ducks into his room just as his Mother arrives with a taller blonde.
2: Well,
0: it wasn't. Maybe he's in his room. In that room, Felix grabs a pillow from a sofa, which he curls up on, hiding. He's trying to fool you. Madeline grabs the pillow.
2: Dickie dear, aren't you surprised?
0: Oh, I'm
2: paralyzed.
0: She wraps her arms around him from behind. See how
2: dumb he is, dear? But he hasn't even kissed. Yes. yes. Where is that great big homecoming kiss you've been writing me to
1: expect? The great big homecoming kiss? Mm-hmm. The one I was writing you about? Mm-hmm. Oh well, I'm, I'm 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 saving it till. Oh shh,
2: You silly impulsive goose.
1: No, I mean I'm saving it until we uh, uh, until my cold gets better.
2: Your cold? Have you a cold, sweetheart?
1: Oh, it's frightful. Oh. I wouldn't dare kiss you. Besides, if, if anyone saw us.
2: Andrews, leave the room. He wavers. Leave the room.
1: No. Don't anyone dare to leave this room, and I wouldn't cling so closely, dear. Oh no, no, really, in the condition I'm in. Oh, it's it's dangerous.
2: I'm not afraid.
1: Well, that's because you have no idea what's ahead of us. Ahead
2: of us? Uh-huh. Has something gone wrong? Oh. Dickie, you're keeping something from me. Mother, yeah. Not to turn up the lights and watch
1: No, work. no, no. Don't dare to turn up those lights.
2: Dickie,
1: what is the matter? Well, because then you... I mean, i my, my eyes are oh. all swollen with the cold. Oh. Andrews, get me a stimulant. Andrews grins and leaves.
0: Are you in serious, trouble
1: dear? Oh, it's probably fatal. She sits with him. Oh, if I'd had any idea that you were coming home, I wouldn't have been here. What? No. I, I mean, in the condition
0: I'm in.
2: Oh, Dickie.
0: Well, there's just one thing to be done he stands i've got to go he goes to andrews go
2: where she follows
0: out downtown downtown now he drinks tonight oh i should have gone 10 minutes ago important engagement at the hotel Astor.
2: well if i know my precious husband the way i think i do he'll telephone and cancel that engagement won't you Dickie?
1: telephone who I mean, isn't there a, tele- a telephone? Of course. Of course, you can. Here yeah, I get the Astor on the wire. The
0: hotel Astor on the telephone. The yes, please. Yes, wait, what do you mean? Any telephoning be done around here? I'll do it myself. Felix steps away with Madeline close behind.
1: Maybe I, I, I'll wait. I'll wait until you get ready to go to. until we both get ready. Well, maybe before that.
2: Oh, I knew you would. You know, I'm simply dying to get comfortable in my own little bed again and have a nice long talk with you, oh, honey. Oh,
1: there's nothing I'd like better than to sit on the edge of the bed and listen to you, but. Oh, how thoughtless of me. After your long trip, dear, you must be tired.
2: Oh, Oh, I'm not a bit tired, really. Why, the two months in the mountains have done me a world of good. Do your telephoning, Richard. He goes to the phone. Well, Madeline gets out of your traveling clothes into something more popular. Yes, it won't take you but a moment. And Dickie, I bought a new lace nightie yesterday that's positively indecent.
0: He turns, terrified. You see it. She leaves, followed by a giddy mother. Setting down the phone, Felix creeps to the middle of the room. He runs for the door, but through another door.
1: Where are you going? Huh? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I was going down to see if the front door was locked.
2: Now, you know Andrews always locked.
1: Oh, well, I thought tonight he might have forgotten it.
2: Richard Smith, after all you promised Madeline, are you planning to desert her?
0: Desert her? Why? Well, he puts his hands in his pockets.
2: Her first evening home in two months, and you... Richard, have you no human feelings at all?
0: That's
1: just the trouble. I'm too human.
2: A lovely, devoted wife like Madeline. Surely she's entitled to some consideration.
1: Well, he's a brother elk. What's that? Uh, what? Uh, 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 mother, you don't understand. You see, this sudden return, it's been an awful shock. An awful shock to my whole system. My throat, my voice. Her <coughs> voice all
2: gone. <coughs> well, she doesn't want you to sing to her. What she wants more than anything else in the world is a nice, long talk with you.
1: Hmm. Oh, if I could depend on that.
2: Now, Richard, don't delay your telephoning another minute.
1: What telephone? Oh, telephone, yeah. Is it, what was the number?
0: <laughs> he gets the phone. His mother opens the dressing room door.
2: Good night, Madeline, dear. So glad to have you home again. Good night, mother. Pleasant
0: dreams. <laughs> she closes the door and steps away.
1: Hello? Hotel Astor.
0: Mother opens Richard's main door.
2: Good night, Richard, dear.
1: Huh? Yes. Uh, good night.
0: Grinning, she leaves.
1: Hello? Hotel Aster? Will you get Mr. Richard Smith? Page, Mr. Richard Smith, yes. Tell him to telephone his home immediately. Important. Oh, it's vital. Mr. Richard Smith. Thank you.
0: He hangs up and picks up a hand mirror to check his facial hair. He sets the mirror down and goes to the sofa. As the dressing room door opens, he curls up on the sofa again. Tired, sweetheart? Tired?
1: Tired?
0: I never was so tired. He looks up. In all my... His eyes go wide. Then he shuts them tight.
1: Please come out of that doorway, will you?
0: He turns away as Madeline approaches in a low-cut lacy nightgown.
2: Tell me, have you been a good boy since I've been away? She sits.
1: I- I'm in more danger right now than I have been in the past two months. Please, please go away and let me die or go crazy or something. Go
2: away? Yeah. Dickie, you're not well.
1: Don't you suppose I know it? Haven't I been telling you that for the past half hour in those very words? The telephone didn't ring, did it?
2: No, dear. I'm afraid you've been doing too much brain work.
1: That's it. It's my brain. It's on fire. It's fever. I can't think. You can't think? No. Yes, the only things I can think of are the things that I shouldn't. That wasn't the telephone bell then, was it?
2: Dickie, you're trembling all over.
1: Don't you suppose I know it? I'm liable to go to pieces any moment. The telephone isn't out of order, is it?
2: Oh, bother the old phone. Thank goodness I've arrived in time to prevent another nervous breakdown like you had last year. That's
1: it. Nervous combustion. I've been trying to keep it from you. Uh, Send for an ambulance, quick.
2: Ambulance? Nothing. I'm going to take care of you myself. Now, come on. Now, the first thing to do is to put you to bed.
1: That is the last thing.
2: He resists
0: her taking off his dressing
2: gown. Now, don't argue, dear. Now, now, I'm going to give you a nice old fashioned alcohol rub down.
1: No, 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 no. I, 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 I couldn't stand it. Oh, no, I come don't on, like it. No, now, on, now, no, no. Madeline
2: cold. knows best. Now, put your head right down here. She
0: pulls his head toward her chest.
2: Head right down no, here. No,
1: no, no. I'm afraid.
2: You're afraid? Yes,
1: I'm afraid. You, you might catch my cold.
2: Oh, bother <laughs> you old cold. Now, Madeline knows how to take care of her dicky bird. Come on. Put your little head right He right here. rests his head on her shoulder. My poor, nervous dicky boy. Now. Before anything else, sweetheart, that great big homecoming kiss.
0: He sits up. Never.
2: Oh, yes. Never. Oh, now, come come on. come on. Now, come on. Now, come on. She kisses
0: him. Felix's arms drop as they keep kissing. She stops. There. He slumps. Then looks at her. Too late. Meanwhile, in the study, Mother locks Madeline's door, then the dressing room door, then Richard's door. Andrews watches, confused. He drinks another glass of cordial. Mother walks away haughtily, and so does Andrews. At the Hotel Astor... A waiter brings Diane a drink. And Richard approaches.
2: Did you get your call?
1: No, I guess my mother-in-law must have gone to bed. He
2: sits. Oh, you're married, too.
1: Very happily. That's the reason I so thoroughly disapprove of divorce, especially in this state. What do you mean? Well, you see, in order to procure a divorce in this state, you must have evidence.
2: What kind of evidence?
1: Well, evidence of a very serious nature.
2: How serious?
1: Well, you see, uh you must produce evidence that your husband has been uh has been uh that is to say you must explain that you have discovered him and not only him but uh
0: he nods knowingly
2: i don't know what you mean mr smith
1: you have to get the goods on him in other words you have to prove that he has uh uh where do you come from miss O'Dea?
2: i came from south dakota
1: Oh, I don't blame you.
0: She sips her drink.
1: Well, out in South Dakota, don't they ever, uh, ever...
2: uh... Ever what, Mr. Smith?
1: No, there's no use of us going to South Dakota. She smirks. May just as well stay here. Did you ever see a bedroom farce?
2: Oh, you mean the kind where the wrong man hides under the bed?
1: Ah, the girlie, now we're getting on. Uh huh. Only in this case, you see, the wrong man must not only be. Uh,
0: he motions under.
1: But, uh. Then
0: sort of on top.
2: But what, Mr. Smith?
1: Oh, really, really. There's no use of our talking until we can find an interpreter. Or until we get to know each other better. Minty arise. Oh, he's your friend.
2: Well, no. Well, here you are. I've been looking everywhere for
1: you. Just in time. Won't you sit down?
2: Oh, not in this morgue. Didn't you say something about the whoopee club? Diane's never been up on the roof there, have you, darling? Oh, my husband never takes me any place.
1: Oh, you poor girl.
2: Well, Mr. Smith is going to fix all that, aren't you? Uh,
1: fix the roof? Oh, oh. oh yes, yes. He
0: helps Diane from her chair. Well, we'll start on the roof.
1: And finish in the gutter.
0: Little does Richard know that he's not the only one headed for the gutter with someone's wife. So is that wife's husband with his wife. Things will be messier in the morning, if you can believe it, in the conclusion of Lonely Wives. Next time on Movies for the Blind. Episode 1 wasn't the only appearance of Edward Everett Horton on this podcast up until now. He was an angel dealing with a very big mistake in Here Comes Mr. Jordan, MFTB 14 and 15. To find out more about the movies, about description, and how to subscribe, go to the blog, MoviesForTheBlind.com, where you can also find out about this podcast Creative Commons license some mp3s are hosted by blind file sharing to find out more visit blindfilesharing.com and the movies are from the internet archive so please support universal access to human knowledge by visiting and donating at archive.org thank you for downloading and for listening be back next week take care